Hey, hey, everyone, Darlene here, and welcome to another All That Is Empath podcast. Today, I want to talk about something that uh, kind of disturbed me yesterday. Um, I was looking for something to watch on Netflix, and I came across a comedy special from a very famous comedian uh, who was very well known. And I thought, you know, I, I always love comedy specials, stand-up comedy um, particularly. <clears throat> and I've seen this celebrity in numerous movies, um, and I felt he was funny, and so I thought I would uh, enjoy that. So I turned that on, and from the get-go, immediately was... I don't know if offended is too strong of a word, um, but definitely disconcerted um, by what he was saying. He basically started off his skit by stating that he couldn't stand, and I'm using my words, I don't know if that's exactly the words he used, but that was the gist of it, that he didn't like those, quote, woke people who talked about words hurt. And then he started to make fun of that, saying, words don't hurt. Anybody who says words hurt hasn't been punched in the face before. And then he proceeded to say, the only way words hurt is if you stick them on a brick and slap someone in the face with the brick. So I was very annoyed by this because that kind of thinking is kind of one of the reasons why our society has gotten into trouble with bullying and hatefulness that is rampant on social media. Maybe there are people who believe this to be true. Uh, perhaps they are one of the very few in the world who don't have the capability of feeling emotion. And that's the only, or have never been bullied in their lives, have never been uh, mistreated by someone who has abused them emotionally. And it's, it's, it kind of boggled my mind for, for a second because I thought, first of all, I, I found it hard to believe that even this celebrity had never been spoken to in a way that had hurt him, that he would be able to make a joke about it. Uh, secondly, this celebrity has two daughters and, you know, seeing as he's a man, maybe... You know, I don't know, maybe men do feel words less painfully, or some men anyway, um, feel words less painfully than women do. But he has two daughters, old enough to where he certainly would have experienced them being hurt by other people's words, unless they are sh just so shielded from reality that nobody has ever spoken any words to them that were hurtful. Uh, and I suppose that's possible, uh, because he does say that he spoils his children and, and they are very, very spoiled. And if that's the case, who knows, maybe they've been homeschooled and they've never been bullied and they've never had 
uh, any other child mistreat them or anything like that. But certainly, most of us have experiences growing up where we were treated badly by other children, where we were either bullied um, physically or emotionally. And, you know, they leave scars. It, it leaves scars. And I feel silly even saying that because I, I, I feel like the world knows this. I mean, this isn't the 18th century. We, we are aware of how bullying can even lead someone to kill themselves. If, if words didn't hurt, then why would someone kill themselves over something that someone said to them while being bullied or something they posted on social media that, that hurt them? So obviously this, this is something that, that is the case, but, but apparently there are people out there who still have the thought that words are just words and they don't hurt. Obviously, this particular celebrity believes that. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he was just using it as something. Because his whole, I got to be honest, his whole skit was just horrendous. I, you know, and like I said, I love stand-up comedy. I also am not one who gets offended easily. I, in fact, I, I can, I can probably count on one hand the number of times I've been offended in my life and that's even when people have tried to offend me I don't get offended easily I do get my feelings hurt but offended is is a, a completely different thing uh and especially I give an extra allowance towards entertainers uh, comedians because they're trying to make you laugh so if they're doing it in a um, jovial way and in a good-natured way, um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to take offense to. But you know what? It didn't feel good-natured and it didn't feel jovial. His whole routine, I honestly had to turn it off less than an hour in because the negative energy that I was experiencing and the conflict that I was starting to feel within myself was becoming so great that I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to need to take like, I don't have any Xanax, but if I had a Xanax, you know, um, I have some muscle relaxers, maybe I'll, I'll have to take a mu muscle relaxer. So, but, but it was, it was a horrible feeling. So I literally had to just stop watching it. Um, he, he went into a whole tirade of, you know, and of course, there's the N word constantly, and I and I get that a lot of African American comedians use this constantly. I I still don't like it, and I don't agree with it. I I think that if you want the world to be non-racist, and you consider the N word to be racist, then you shouldn't be freaking saying it over and over and over and over to where it becomes a normalcy for not just the black person to hear, but for a white person to hear as well. Because if it becomes a normal thing that I'm hearing all the time, then God forbid that 
somebody says it at some point, just because it's become so normal to hear that then they come out with it in a joke or something. And oh no, we know that that won't go over very well, right? I just feel like it's it's creating a lot of racism that probably wasn't there to begin with. Not that there isn't racism because there absolutely is, but I'm saying that I feel it cultivates more. Anyway, um, back to the point is that the, the, this comedian really just threw me for a loop with this words don't hurt and making a joke about it and making fun of what he called, quote, woke people. So, and I also, I, I, that's another thing. I also think that a lot of people that don't identify, you know, as, quote, woke, because that is kind of a buzzword that's a little yuppie-ish, and, and I don't consider myself, quote, woke. Although a lot of the characteristics of someone who would define what a woke person is, I'm sure I would fall into. But I just don't like the word. I don't use it. But the point being that whether you consider yourself woke or not, you may believe that words hurt. It has nothing to do with being woke. So that's the interesting thing to me is that I know a lot of people that would listen to that. Unfortunately, we live in a society where celebrities carry a lot of weight. What they say and what they do oftentimes gets internalized by the people listening because they look up to that person or they believe that person to be maybe smarter than they are or just better in some way. And you know, maybe they would start thinking that, you know, okay, words don't hurt and that's just silly. And so then they end up making fun of somebody who says, you know, you hurt me with what you said. And they stop, they stop being careful with their words. I just see a whole lot of problems coming from an, an influential person telling millions of people that words don't hurt. It's been proven that they do with many, many different types of studies. And if you, if you think back, I mean, even hundreds and hundreds of years, I think it was Plato, but it was one of the great philosophers who said, words are powerful. That's why it's called spelling. And think about that for a second. I never thought, well, okay, where does that word come from? Probably you didn't either, right? I mean, very interesting. Spelling, like casting a spell. We cast a spell with our words, right? And even though in today's day and age, there certainly aren't many of us out there consciously casting spells, we actually are doing so with our words, especially when there's a lot of emotion behind them. When you are riled up about something, you're very angry um, or you're upset, you're hurt. There's a lot of energy behind your words. With emotion comes energy and the words that are coming out of your mouth. Remember, everything is energy. And think about a sound wave. A sound wave is energy. And that sound wave has a certain frequency. 
and a certain vibration. And that is going to, depending on the emotion behind those words, it's going to have an effect. So even beyond what the person you're speaking to, even beyond how they interpret what you're saying, even beyond that, there's power in your words because there's the vibration and the frequency behind the emotion of your words. So yes, words can hurt. And I hate that there is someone out there telling millions of people that that is not the case. In case you had any doubt whatsoever, all you have to do is do a little bit of research. Read some good books, uh, some good self-help books on energy and vibration, uh, and they'll probably talk about it. Do a Google search. I mean, there's there's obviously information at our fingertips constantly. And if you're in doubt, just take a look. Maybe you could Google what type of research has been done to determine if there is power behind our words or if words hurt or even type it into chat GPT and see what it tells you. <laughs> and I, I'm 100% confident that uh, you'll find the truth very quickly. And again, I don't mean to harp on a comedian who was doing a stand-up skit because, again, I don't like this, this, the culture of I'm offended at everything. Like you can't say anything where, where somebody's going to get offended and then you have to apologize or you get canceled. I'm not a big believer in that cancel culture. I'm not a big believer in letting everything offend you. And again, I'll state offend was a, is a strong word to use. I, I wasn't offended. I was concerned that other people might believe what he was saying and take it more seriously. Like if he was confronted with this right now and he and and had to defend himself he might say something like oh come on it was a script it was a joke to make people laugh i don't really believe that and da 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 da, da. okay let's say that that's the case let's say that that he doesn't believe it it was just a joke it was meant to make people laugh the problem with that is that there are people out there who are going to believe it is true and then their behavior is going to change accordingly because, of course, our behavior is based on our beliefs. And if they start to believe that words don't hurt, then that belief is going to affect their behavior. And that's going to allow all sorts of junk to spew from their mouth that is going to hurt other people. These words do indeed hurt, and they hurt badly. You know, growing up, I was anything a mile away from a hundred miles away from being a saint. And I said and did numerous things to hurt numerous people. And you know, the saying hurt people hurt people. Well, I was a hurt person or a hurt child. I grew up in a, in a volatile environment where I never knew what my father's temperament was going to be that day. I didn't know if I was going to be beat. I didn't know um, 
I just really didn't know um, what life would be like from day to day. And my, when I was in my home, it was 100% try to stay in my room, try to stay to myself, try to stay as quiet as possible. And because of that, because of the anger that I had inside me from the beatings that I had had, from the the things, the words that were said to me that hurt, that hurt very badly from both parents, sometimes even sibling. And I was carrying not only a tremendous amount of heat and depression and anger, but it was, I was just wounded. I was wounded and I didn't know how to ask for help because that made you look weak. And in my house, weakness was very much frowned upon. Uh, in fact, you know, you were often encouraged not to cry. You know, like, I'll beat you harder if you don't stop crying. So that's, uh, and you know, that's not a, a poor me kind of story because um, I'm actually thankful for that upbringing because with the mentality that I had, with the, the rebellion that was in me, if I didn't have that type of upbringing, I don't know what I would have ended up if I would have ended up a drug addict or God knows what. Um, so it was only the fear of God or not the fear of God, the fear of my father <laughs> that really kept me in line as a, as a child and a teenager. And even that it got to the point where, you know, there was just nothing else he could do or take away. And so I didn't worry as much about being punished anymore. And, you know, looking back as an adult, you realize that there, was, there wasn't really anything he could do. He wasn't willing to go to jail, but I thought he was. So that's the difference is when you're, when you're in that environment as a child, you believe things that aren't necessarily true. And one of my beliefs was that my father would go to jail or risk dying to do what he said he was going to do, to follow through, in other words, to, uh, to, and it wasn't to, none of his discipline was ever just to be an asshole or just to be mean. I mean, he was born in 1923 and he was raised during the Depression by very, very strict, tough Latin parents, uh, Cuban, who basically raised him worse than he raised us. But in his mind, the way he was raising us was the correct way to raise us. And, you know, I certainly obviously don't agree with a lot of his methods, but I'm also, I want to make a point that I'm not saying he was a horrible human being. He was an uneducated, ignorant human being who thought he was raising us properly. And while he did make mistakes, he, he was a good man as well. 
So I don't want it to sound like I'm I'm 100% just, you know, reading the riot act about him because I'm not. But I, I wanted to make the point that, again, hurt people hurt people. And because of this environment that I was raised in, I became, I had to be tough. I had to be someone who wouldn't take bullying. And when I was in the younger grade school, like kindergarten, I don't remember anything really happening. But by the time I was in first grade through fifth grade, I was bullied relentlessly because I was, I wasn't extremely overweight, but I was chubby enough where I was nothing like the little skinny stick girls. <laughs> that sounds rude, but, um, you know, they were just tiny little things and I had some meat on my bones. So in comparison, I was the fat girl. So, and I was just relentlessly picked on. And at that age, the anger hadn't fully built up in me yet. Um, I wasn't really, there wasn't a whole lot of, um, honestly, bad things that I can remember anyway in my childhood that would cause that anger in me. It wasn't until I got older that my father became tougher with me. I guess when I was younger, he was scared he'd hurt me or whatever, and he was more careful. Um, but by the time I hit sixth grade, I had already experienced not only four years of being bullied verbally and physically in grade school, but even teachers had bullied me. You know, sometimes I didn't really look Cuban. But I really think there was some some racism going on with some of my teachers, especially Warren in particular, who was very, very white, very, very European and didn't like me for absolutely no reason. And this was like fourth or fifth grade. And uh, I won't go into the whole story, but basically because of something she did, I spent an entire grade school year working out of, um, not work, well, doing my homework and attending class in a, in a small office in the, the principal's office because I wasn't allowed back into her classroom until I had done her punishment, which both I and my father refused to do. Because it was ridiculous. So anyway, um, you know, with my last name being the Castillo, it's pretty obvious that I'm not white, even though I looked it, or at least I think I did. But um, maybe that was part of the way I was treated as well, not only by students, but by teachers. I was different than they were. Um, so... By the time I hit sixth grade, there was enough of this bullying and enough turmoil already going on at home that I became angry. And I decided it's time to, it's time to take care of myself. I'm not taking this shit anymore. Because if, if, if I got beat 
in school, I would get beat at home. You know, my father would say things like, if you don't stand up for yourself, if you come home with a black eye or a bloody nose, I'll give you a second black eye. You stand up for yourself. You don't let people walk all over you. Blah, blah. And I don't know if he really would have, but I believed he would, would have, and that was enough. And I finally stood up for myself in sixth grade with um, an African-American girl who was picking on me because the teacher left the room and asked me to be monitor, which why they put kids in that situation, God only knows. So, you know, you're kind of stuck in an in-between state of, okay, well, if you squeal on someone, you narc on somebody, you get in trouble. I didn't care, really, at that point. So I just wrote down everybody's name who was being an ass. And she was one of them. Her name was Tanya. And she got pissed off and she decided to get up and slap me upside my head while I was sitting there minding my own business, taking names of whoever was being an ass. So, I mean, it, I mean, immediately when, when I felt her hand on my head, it was like, I was like a jack in the box. I mean, I jumped out of my chair and I jumped on top of her and I beat the living crap out of this woman who was, she looked like a woman anyway. She was probably close to six feet tall and I'm five, three. Um, and in sixth grade, I don't know, maybe five foot at that time. So anyway, she, she was this big girl, but there was so much anger in me. And I, I just, I broke her glasses. And of course, you know, at that point, and then she's like, oh, you're dead. You're dead. You know, and yeah, whatever. I just kicked your ass, you know? And suddenly nobody wanted to pick on me anymore. It was really a cool feeling for the first time in my life. Nobody said a mean word to me. People smiled at me or simply looked away. When I walked down the hall, there was no cat calling after me as I walked by. And life suddenly began to change. And so, unfortunately, there was this reinforcement, this positive reinforcement that if you stand up for yourself and are willing to fight, then bad things stop happening. And of course, it didn't help that rather than get in trouble, my father was extremely proud of me and I got praise from him for not only standing up for myself, but winning. And um, my brother was a, a tough ass as well. And he was known... He was a year ahead of me in school, but everybody knew you don't mess with him. And so I don't know. It's just like I, I, I went from being the bullied to becoming the bully. It was a way to, I think, save myself from the risk of ever becoming that bullied girl again. because. The more I acted like a badass, the more people left me alone. And then, of course, I was able to release a lot of anger that was being built up from my home life. So 
this has become a very kind of longer story than I wanted it to be. Um, just to explain that I I am certainly not innocent of being someone who's never said or done anything to hurt another person because I have. I'm not proud of it. And in fact, I'm ashamed of those days in my past. And if there's anybody out there who is one of those people that I bullied or I hurt in some way that ha that has left a mark on you, I I know there's nothing that I can do or say to remove those those thoughts or those feelings but maybe it can help a little bit to know that I I truly truly am 100% so sorry that I was ever mean to anybody and I'm not talking about horrific things but but mean little mean girl type things like just to give you an example there's there's one that comes to mind that I think about this a lot because I feel so ashamed of it. And I think this was like eighth grade, maybe. I think it was like eighth grade. Um, and there was a boy who had a huge crush on Cindy Lauper. And he was kind of like a little geek. He was often bullied himself in school. Because he wasn't very attractive and people picked on him for what he looked like. Um, but he was a, a smart kid, a really smart kid. And anyway, he had this crush on Cindy Lauper. And I had a crush on the actor Matt Dillon. And I had uh, like pictures of him taped to the front of my folders and things like that. So when he saw me looking at uh, one of those teen magazines one day in class, I think it was like Tiger Beat or something, one of those teen magazines. And he, he knew that I liked Matt Dillon and he said, oh, you, you get those magazines too. And I just looked at him and he's like, well, I collect Cindy Lauper pictures. He goes, I have some Matt Dillon pictures. I'll trade you if you have any Cindy Lauper. And I was like, sure, I've got tons of these magazines at home. I'll trade you. So, and I was really excited to get them. So I was like, don't forget, don't forget, bring them tomorrow. Well, tomorrow came and I had brought several Cindy Lauper pictures with me to trade and I was really excited but I didn't you know I was at that like I said at that age I was always trying to be the cool kid you know that nothing got to and I was tough so you know I couldn't show any weakness and turned out that he forgot to bring his pictures to trade so I showed him what I had and I was like well, such a shame you didn't bring them. Oh, please just let me have them and I'll bring yours tomorrow. I'm like, nope. You should have brought them. You said you were going to bring them. You promised you were going to bring them. And right in front of him, I ripped up the pictures. And I hate myself just thinking about the look on his face. He was crushed. He wanted those pictures so bad. And I know this is a silly thing. Uh, they were pictures pages from a magazine that now really mean nothing in today's world right because you can just google whoever it is and get millions of pictures of them right like whatever celebrity crush you might have and you can download them and have them as your screensaver or desktop and 
you know, you can print them and do whatever. But back then, no, if you wanted pictures like that, you had to buy these little teen magazines and you had to trade with your friends and things like that. So it was kind of a bigger deal back then. And I just, I still, I mean, I know it was maybe a small thing, but I still feel so bad and so like so dirty that I was that nasty that I made that boy almost cry. Like he didn't cry, but he, I, I, if I remember right, he teared up a little bit. And all because I was so upset that he didn't bring the Matt Dillon pictures and I wasn't capable of expressing that weakness, that disappointment. So instead of expressing my disappointment, I just went straight to Maine. So, and you know, this is, I'm just trying to be authentic and, and saying, you know, look, I, I was a shithead when I was younger because I was hurt and hurt people hurt people. I've done a lot of healing over the years, uh, and it's taken me probably several decades to get to the point where I'm at now. And we do become people, people who say people don't change. It's a lie. People do change if they want to change and they grow, they learn, they educate themselves and they grow, then yes, they can change. And I know that because I have changed so, so much. I went from this hurt person who looked to hurt other people to, for me to feel less hurt to Someone who would, you know, wants to cry most of the time when I think about some of the things I did in my teenage years. So, I, and, and I'm so very careful now about how I treat people and that I always lift people up instead of doing anything that could bring them down. It is my, that's what I aspire to is to make other people happy, to lift them up. and. Not, not because I hurt people in my childhood, but because I was hurt and I know what it feels like and I don't want anyone else to feel that. I hope that one day we get to a point where we don't have to have these conversations because it's just so normal to be normal and we don't have to teach people that you can be hurt and not hurt other people, that there's healing to come after being hurt. And also that you don't have to stay where you are your whole life because you made a few mistakes. And that's what I felt for the longest time. I felt, well, who would ever listen to me? Who would ever give me a second chance? Look at the way I behaved back then. How could I be someone who tries to spread love and kindness in the world because there'll be people who remember me from back then and, and maybe think I'm a hypocrite or laugh at me or you know what I don't care because I have changed and I don't live there anymore and I want people to recognize that as well that that just because they were something or did something it doesn't define who you are later if you don't want it to it doesn't have to if you put the work in, 
and you truly grow as a human being and you change, you don't have to live in the past anymore. You can live in the present with the good deeds that you're doing in the present and leave that in the past. I, uh, I did get a little bit off topic, I know, and, um, you know, it, it really, I, I felt it necessary to say that I, I get it. I'm not, I haven't been a, a saint my whole life who has, and I haven't always been someone who tries to uplift others. And so, you know, we all make mistakes. I get it. But I just really, really wish that people who have a voice in this world for millions of people to hear like this celebrity would be more cautious of their own words and the influence and power that they can have on other people. It's a big deal. It, it really is a big deal. I've specifically not mentioned who this particular person is, um, just to not create any drama or controversy i definitely don't want to bring any attention to this particular netflix special um and and have people listen to it for the wrong reasons um but if you've heard it then you probably know who i'm talking about but um so that's what i wanted to put out there please please remember that your words are extremely powerful in more ways than you can imagine. It's not just the emotional impact of the way the person you're speaking to interprets what you're saying. It's even the energetic vibration that those words are putting out based on your emotion that can have a damaging effect on the individual. So please be careful of your words and, you know, please do everything you can to make sure that others understand that words are powerful and that they do hurt. And to this particular celebrity, I would like to say, guess what, motherfucker? I've been punched in the face many times. And I will take a punch in the face any day over someone's misaligned words because words have hurt me deeper and have left much more long-standing trauma in me than physical abuse ever has. Words hurt way more than a punch to the face. So my thought back to this celebrity would be, you're full of shit. You're the one who's never been punched in the face. Because if you had, then you'd probably know that it doesn't feel anywhere near as bad as some misaligned words coming your way. So that's it for me today, guys. Thanks for listening to my rant. I hope that you got something out of today's podcast. And I would love to hear your feedback, your comments. You can actually leave us a message uh, now on Patreon. We're on Patreon now. So in addition to our Facebook page, 
where you can leave comments, um, especially under the actual um, post for the podcast episode. Great place to leave your comments for me to get back to you. But uh, we did just open up a Patreon page where you can uh, support us if you would like to do so. That would obviously help us keep things going and keep this podcast alive. So we have just a $5 a month uh, membership right now where you can get some extra recordings and early access to the podcast and some other things. So um, you can check that out on Patreon. We're under All That Is Empath. And uh, of course, you can also always leave your message on Facebook or even Instagram. And as always, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening. Your support means so much to me. I really do appreciate you. And I'd love to hear not only your comments from today's episode, but what can we talk about in the future that might help you out? Uh, is there anything in particular, any questions you would like answered or maybe uh, to cover a specific topic, either on your spiritual journey or about being an empath? that would help you. Let me know your questions and I'll be happy to answer them in a future podcast. Take care, everyone. See you next time.